So uh, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Thank it's, you. It's Stefan Kuhns, right? Kuhns or so, like a Kuhns? Kuhns. It's in German, it's Kuhns. Kuhns. And, uh, um, and first name is Stefan. So it's like the, uh, pronounced as a uh, sh. I like that. Yeah, so in English, in English, I I heard it both ways. It's either Stefan yeah. or Stefan, and I don't mind any as long as I hear my name and I respond <laughs> to it. You're fine. I am in the clear. Cool, man. That's awesome. Uh, so you're a letter. You're a photographer. Um, you're amazing, incredible at both of those things. You do so much more than that. Take me from the very beginning. Uh, how did you first get into it? And you know what parts in your journey kind of led you to where you are now? This is actually the story of me decreasing over time because I started out with <laughs> videography. So this is kind of the first uh, creative medium that I was really into and that I started progressing. I started making short films. I um, My high school uh, project, the end project, was a music video that I did with some friends of mine and, um, and kept on going like that. So just creating videos, short films, and telling stories was basically what I was in love with. Um, but then I, I came back from a, a longer trip, like a working holiday uh, trip in Australia, and came home to Switzerland and started working at a bank. And because I started working at a bank, I had less time. So I kind of moved away from all the pre-production, uh, filming, post-production, and always coming up with a new idea, planning everything out. And the whole um it's it's all about like this productivity and the less productive you can be the less uh happy you are so for right. me feeling productive was always important so turning to photography then uh actually allowed me to um, to be more productive and and shoot more do more and so moving from film to photography was like decreased because it just workload that decreased and it's yeah. kind of easier. Totally. And then um, funny enough, from photography was still the you have to plan a shoot. You still have to have a subject to shoot. Uh, you you got to make time. You cannot just sit in your room and, and take photos. Right. Yeah. And, and I loved I love taking pictures of, of people. And so I did a lot of wedding photography, but unless I had a shoot, like I got a request for a shoot, I really didn't do something because I wasn't proactive with looking for um, subjects to shoot. So the next thing was even decreased more is lettering um, or graphic design. It's using other people's pictures or even my own that I that I created sometimes mm -hmm. and, and write something on top of that. And you can do that from anywhere. You can do that from your room. You can do that middle of the night. You you can like it's just easy and it's flexible and and that made it even for me like it decreased always in the effort of doing it right and right now i'm turning back like i'm turning back from from lettering to adding better pictures so going extra going the extra mile to take pictures for what i want to create yeah and i'm doing youtube so it's actually going back to filming telling stories so now and, you're like back to it all yeah exactly i'm 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 going the evolution back to to where I started off, but early on, really early on, the, um, when I was a kid, I, I was drawing a lot, and I was drawing uh, everything from trains to houses to just like scenes, and and I love drawing. Like I was like I was diving into drawing, and usually 
next to everything else that I was doing, like listening in class, I was always doodling or drawing on the side. Right. And I filled out sketchbooks like in the millions. Um, that's so crazy. And, and that's, that, that's kind of how I, I got into it. But then lettering, like lettering was an easy progression. I, I did that because of Instagram because I decided one day to, to pursue Instagram more, right. uh, like more deliberately than, than just like, uh, I just going to post a picture, um, a day or, or like just random pictures of your life. Right. So I decided to do that more, yeah, more effectively. Yeah. And so from that decision on, it was like using the iPhone and then some, some graphic design apps to, to create pieces, to share something till the point where like, I cannot actually progress anymore because the, the app is the limit of my abilities mm. and only what the app allows me to do. That's what I can do. And I, I felt like I've reached the, the limit there. And so I, I decided, all right, let's start mixing it with drawing. So I started drawing out the letters and had to learn all the shapes and sizes. And the good thing about that was that I was already pretty good at composition, but the whole, the, the shapes of letters, the, the thicknesses and, yeah. and just to make it look right, right. I had to learn all of so that's where I'm at with it exactly. Like the composition, like I, I kind of have uh, through being a graphic designer and being uh, working in, in Illustrator and in Photoshop and doing all that stuff, you kind of like, vi- vi- I don't know if vicariously is the right word here, uh, but you can kind of like, you get a really solid understanding of, um, you know, scale and composition and how it should all look. But for me and the part that's intimidating for me and that's why I'm so happy that I kind of stumbled across your stuff is um, I found your work and you were like, uh, you know, like even if it sucks, you're like, just go ahead and make it. Uh, whereas for someone like me, I always thought of it coming from the world of typography where it's like to even venture into the world of typography, you need to like know so much and have gone to like Cooper type and you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a practice and you have to do it properly. Whereas your approach was like, no, like it's totally cool. Like I'll even give you the grids. Just you could use them. You could use them. Use them for freelance clients and just draw on them. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of cool. I think what you're doing is you're kind of breaking down these barriers and these preconceived notions that people like myself have, especially coming from like the design world. Um, yeah. You know, it was always kind of like there's like the lettering camp and then there's a the design camp. Like most people kind of stay in their lane. And I think you kind of encourage. I think that's why you're such a great fit for the show. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here is because like you kind of encourage young people just like, Hey, like there's no rules. There's no one who says you can and you can't, there's no reason why you can't, you know, like go to home Depot right now and just like paint over your wall with the chalk stuff and then make that whole thing a mural. Like why, why couldn't you? That's awesome, man. What, what was it that made you want to start doing that kind of stuff? The grids were long in the making. I, I had them for over a year. I've like, I've been using, it myself like not in the exact same way but like I'm for every piece that I create I create a grid system just so like every time I retrace it I I need to make sure that the lines are straight and and the more I progressed the more I was looking into like all right how can I make it look more cleaner better uh, make sure that the the lines are straight and all that um, and and somehow this this grid system was was something that was easy to use was was great and i i usually reverted reverted back to to these grids uh at some point or like looked for for that on on instagram for inspiration right and i i could just see past the 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 artwork itself and just see the grids yeah and 
making that available for other people was, I don't know, it, it just took so long. And, and, and I suddenly saw a, a demand for, for that, uh, that people wanted that. And, right. and like, I just posted something like, Hey, this is something I'm working on. What do you think? And, and then so many people went back and like, yeah, I need that. This is awesome. Right. And so I, I released that pack. I released uh, the, my first one in like matter of 24 hours. And, and, but something that I had like in my back pocket for a whole year, like I've just never finished it and turned it into a product. And there's always this whole part that making a product, it, it sounds so easy, but you don't just create the grids. You then have to create the, 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 the product and in, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put the descriptions. You have to make it sellable. Right. You kind of like create all the content to sell it afterwards as well. Right. And that's always the, the turnoff for me, and always has been, uh, still is. Um, yeah. But seeing what people have been able to create with that, uh, how it's been received, and how people like yourself are saying like, this is so helpful. This is makes my life so much easier. And I I see the grids as not as a way of cheating, but like as a resource to help you create better and more. And especially for those days where you were like, you're out of ideas, you just right. like, oh, you cannot come up with anything. And I see them as a recipe. Uh, like when you're cooking something, you need a recipe to cook it. Right. You can by heart, you can do it because you've learned the techniques, but, um, but you can also learn and figure out later on, like how does it work? How can you create that better? Um, and you're kind of like just creating a scaffolding to like to to grow exactly. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. So if anyone is uh, you know discovering you for the first time, I would strongly encourage you to not only check out uh, the grids and the brushes for the iPad Pro. Um, that's a really kind of a cool thing, and you definitely have a loyal following, which leads me to my next question. Um, and I'll make sure that I link everything in the bio of this. Uh, and try and get you some some stuff. It's all very reasonably priced too. You're not one of those guys who kind of you know, it's it's all like t uh, under like twelve twelve dollars, right? Twelve. Yeah, the the grids are twelve dollars. The the brushes you can get them for I think ten and eight, and and then there's a, a an amazing. Um, you have a course as stationary well. Stationary pack. Yeah, the course the course is is um it's it's well priced, but it's pricey. Um, right. It costs a lot, but it's. It's it's really everything that I know about lettering, um, about iPad lettering as well. So if you're getting an iPad, if you spend like a thousand bucks on 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 a massive device, um, it's still worth investing like another few hundred right. to to learn all about Procreate because even if you come from Photoshop, like I've, it took me a while to get like to know uh, all the ins and outs of Procreate, but this app is just mind blowing what you can do with it. Yeah, and any designer out there like I just I'm just finishing work on a campaign like a massive uh, summer campaign for the airport Zurich yep and it's all almost all drawn on uh, iPad Pro uh, and and then finished on on Illustrator and Photoshop but that's amazing but it's 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 crazy that's and you can take it anywhere like I I've been drawing on the plane I've been drawing like when I'm at a coffee shop like that's usually the tool that I have with me yeah dude I'm telling you right now like you're I'm gonna finance an iPad tomorrow all right uh, <laughs> I'm excited man. it sounds it sounds amazing I, I know for a fact that it must be awesome because you know when when John Contino is abandoning paper that that I think is like because he he's the most like old school type dude ever and he was just like yeah. like, 
he like freaks out when like his Apple pencil breaks. So that's cool. Um, cool. So you have a loyal a following that kind of uh, takes your classes and, and buys all the different stuff. Um, you have a, a very healthy Instagram following. Uh, respect on that. Um, I realize that you call them legends. Why is that? It's Sorry for not knowing. If, if it's like somewhere very obvious, I tried scouting it out, so I didn't look too dumb. No, no, it's it's not obvious. It's um, so I call them legends because my lettering course, and that was a year ago. Uh, it's called Letter Like a Legend. Oh, right, right, right. So, um, just to to make it more obvious, to make it more linkable, it's like, well, every everyone, all my followers are my legends. Um, that awesome. they, I consider them all legends. So I uh, I watched your YouTube video uh, with Peter McKinnon and you guys talked about a, a whole bunch of different things. One of the things you guys talked about was failure um, and about how like you really need that failure to grow and those kind of like crappy experiences. Um, I've learned over the years that kind of like dwelling on and romanticizing these failures is kind of a, a thing that people do a lot in our field and you know, I'd be kind of a hypocrite if I were to talk badly against this because I did this on a lot of episodes. But recently, I really have been like fundamentally changing the way that I think about it because it's like, I'd be like, what's what was your worst failure? So like that way it could be relatable to everybody else. But failure is one of those things you kind of just have to live through it, right? Um, yeah. What about failure in the sense of like people who are just entering, whether it be lettering, uh, photography, whatever their thing is, right? They're just entering or maybe they have a job and maybe they're in a job um but wherever they are they're not content and they're not living their their best life so to speak like you do walking around with no shoes on painting murals and having an awesome time uh they kind of feel like they're trapped but that people like yourself kind of seem very far away and like being able to do that seems kind of tough um how did like what would your advice people for people that are in that position how do you make that jump and do what you do for a living and kind of make your own time and do your own work. How do you do that? I feel the best time to do this is right now and the future. It's it's only getting better and better because the internet and social media has opened doors that we've never had before. And, and, and I understand like my dad, he wanted to become a graphic designer and it's like a dream that never came true because he became an optometrist and then in the end um, went on, like became a missionary um, and they went to Africa with, with my family. Wow. But, but for, uh, for me growing up, I, I feel like I've been, I've been blessed with the, the parents, the, 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 the brother that I had as well that who just opened the eyes to everything is possible. And like you can do anything if you just put your mind behind it and seeing it for myself, like just doing it, um, helped a lot. And I think the lesson where I learned that the best was learning latte art. So way before I started lettering and like coffee, like lattes. Yeah. Okay. Latte (laughs) arts. So, so I, I started out doing that. I was just fixated on, I want to learn that I, I had a coffee machine back home. I was on a trip to New York. And we went to that one coffee shop and there was a um, barista uh, world champion in that coffee shop just serving his coffees. And, and I saw the coffee that he made. and I'm like just blown away. And, and I wanted to serve that to my friends back home so that people would visit me or come, uh, come over for dinner 
that I could make them a coffee like that. So I asked him like, hey, well, how do you do that? And he just told me like, yeah, you got to get the milk right and nice and fluffy and just then can can do the thing and do a lot of practice. Right. And so for four months, I practiced every day. I, I Every coffee that I made my, for myself, like I usually drank one and then maybe if friends came over, I made a few others. Right, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I did that for four months until I get like a result that was kind of okay. Yeah. But in between those steps, there were like, Times where like oh, I blame the machine, like uh, like I don't have the right machine, I don't have the right equipment. Right. Um, this is why it's not working. Then you go back to YouTube, you look in, a little bit more into it, and then I saw a YouTube uh, a guy on YouTube that just did latte arts with uh, instant coffee and a milk pitch with those little um, uh, blade things that you can just turn around, like those mixers. Right. So he used that to froth his milk and like nothing expensive, like it was like worth all in all maybe ten dollars what right. he used to use like maxwell house <laughs> and and i saw yeah. that i'm like all right i cannot blame like it's definitely just me it's mm-hmm. it's it's just me and and i'm just not good at it so that's kind of like the moment where you're like all right i cannot blame anyone else i can only blame myself exactly and i need to learn and this is this has become so important for me because if anything else, like everyone else is asking me like, oh, do I need an iPad? What kind of brushes do I use? need to use to, to start lettering? And I'm like, if you don't start lettering with a pencil and paper, you're never going to letter. You're only waiting for, for something perfect or you're waiting for the perfect tool, but it's not the tool that's going to make you great. It's a right. practice and it's your mind. It's your the the way you 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 focus your mind and you train your mind to think about problems and learn how to find a solution like how to draw a D in a perfect way and put those like those the the contrast at the right places and because I taught I'm 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 an autodidact so I teach myself and I, I learn by myself I I hate taking courses um, I hate sitting in class. But I, I, I'm a, a curious person by, by nature, and I just love going out and just figuring out stuff on my own. Yeah. And, and even like listening to podcasts, I, I'll probably, like, if I wanted, would start a podcast, I'd be like listening to podcasts or like listening to how they do things, try to figure the, the gist of it, not just copying them, but try to figure out, like, all right, they do an intro. Why is the intro so important? What's right. important about the intro? And you go, all these things, you go through your mind and you, you try to analyze it, and and that's how I learn, and that's how I process things: analyzing, recreating, yeah. taking the essence out of everything. Recreating is then, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. So so I I have a four step creative process. The the first one is like you need to get inspired. Like you're only as good as the inspiration around you. Yes. So if 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 you want to become like the next best artist, if you look only at like the top. 200 or 1000 like or the if if we have 10 levels 10 is the top and you only look at level three of of the the best artists then then you're not getting inspired by the best ones but if you look up to level 10 you see only the best and you get inspired by what they're doing you see kind of the direction that they're flowing into why it's so good what they do and you source that inspiration so you keep inspiring yourself you keep drawing that inspiration from Pinterest, from the outside, from museums, whatever you can find and, and get that inspiration in. And the second thing is like what we were talking about is 
is recreating. It's it's copying and learning from from what you've seen. And like you said, like you've done the exact uh, job of recreating those posters. And by recreating those posters, you, you start to learn like this is how they do it. This is how they transform it. And, and and you suddenly see kind of how the their their final image got shaped. Right. You don't see the process steps with which they have taken, like the decisions yeah. that they've made of of like going like no, this is actually that direction. I actually want to go this direction. Right. But but just by recreating this, you you learn already a lot, and you learn usually something by the final pieces. Um, and then then the third step is is actually starting to create something personal so from everything you've learned you start to implement that into your own style you start to create and craft your own uh style that you feel like this is actually this is great this is what i do and and the more you do that the more you'll develop your own style and your own language and and a, an art form that people will recognize you for yeah. and then finally and this is this is really important the fourth step is always take one more step. It's it's always the try something new that you've never tried before, take something from someone else and try to implement it into your work and see how it works. And the great thing about that is it, you can fail and you can succeed. The You can try something out and it won't work and you feel like, all right, this didn't add anything to it or it actually ruined my piece. Right. And uh, But the other thing is it actually could be amazing. Like I... I was drawing a, a, a educational poster and I liked trying out my new stippling brush and, and I was messing around a little bit with the word and suddenly this this amazing dynamic of, of something flowing away like the uh, Avengers Infinity War like where everything just like vanishes. Yeah. And and so suddenly I, I realized, oh, I just found something new and that inspired me to do my last Crate Today poster with the, the stippling with everything flowing around. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah. So that actually helped me. Like I didn't use it for that piece in the end. Yeah. But I it informed me on something new. So the next time that I can do something, it, it will help me to to recreate something new. And then even then, I really I have to again think about a next step to do to take to, like I at the end I try to color it in, like not just to do a black and white, but but thought in my head, why not? Like if we had like these massive colors in it, how would that look like? And I saw like all right this didn't work if i start coloring that in afterwards it won't look as good yeah but if i the next time if i did that again and i i started with different colors that would probably work and it would create like an amazing dynamic so these four steps the the inspiration the the copying the the creating and then the one more step all of these steps ensure kind of that you're going the right direction you are learning you are developing your own style and finally you're actually like progressing as well. Like you're not standing still. Yeah. And that's, um, that's one part. And, and the other thing that I love to hear about you, what you, what you said was the originality you, something that has been blocking you is, is, or I feel like that's, uh, um, uh, usually something that blocks a lot of people. It's the originality. Like yeah. if it's not original, I don't have to create it. If, yeah. if it's not something that I've created without input of anything else, like if I was in a white room without anything informing me on it, then it's it's not original and it's not creative. Right. But this is the um, – I like with the, the whole thing about create something today, even if it sucks. I love that. I'm going to get uh, that shit tattooed on me. Hey, if you yeah, make the tattoo, I, I'll get a tattoo. We'll do that. I that'll, need that too. That will be a, a fun little YouTube um, uh, video for me. 
<laughs> exactly. Cool. So, so the 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 idea behind that is is getting rid of the um, the excuses that yes. prevent you from creating, and the the excuses that prevent you from creating are not the the excuses of like, oh, I'm tired, I should still create. Like those are valid excuses. You, right. Like everything that your body needs or you need to fill up. Like if you're tired, if you have fatigue, then you need to address that, right. and you shouldn't. Uh, go over that's a good excuse right but bad excuses are perfectionism yeah originality um i had written down um i'm still preparing a talk a creative talk for a conference oh awesome and but it's but yeah it's 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 originality like oh it's not original i i cannot do that um it's or it's not 100 percent original right um so it's it, it shouldn't be put out it's not perfect um so i cannot post it the, the 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 third one is you, you don't have the the time. My brother, um, who was amazing creative, he told me about um, like I would love to create more, but I don't like I don't have the time. Um, so so he said like I I barely have like I have maybe five minutes a day where I could actually divulge myself to create something, but I cannot create a film, which is his his creative medium. Right. So I'm told, like, why can you not create a film in five minutes? This is totally wrong. If if Samsung or Apple came to you and told them, we'll give you $1 million to create a film in five minutes. It d- doesn't have to be a 10-minute video. That's impossible. Right. But it's it can be a six-second Vine. We're giving you six million or, or a million to do that. You'll be jumping to that opportunity, like, yeah, right, of course, yeah. I'll do it. I'll, oh, I'll crush that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. But five minutes. So imagine, and and I always try to think of like, where can you head with that? So imagine you do that for a year. You do every day. You take five minutes. You start brainstorming. You pick up your phone. You shoot a six-second video, and you publish it at the end of those five minutes. Wow. And you do that for a year. Imagine the quality, the, the the brilliant ideas that you can come up with at the end of that year in, in just five minutes. Right. We are always thinking of like, I cannot create something good in five minutes right. because I don't have enough time. Like I, a video has to be so and so long. It usually takes so and so much time to make it. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's no, that's totally wrong. Makes, yeah. We just usually think of like a, a video is YouTube video like nowadays it's a YouTube video right. but while Vine was so so important like a six second video was was totally a norm was was something that you could create right and, and nobody said you have to work a whole and now day Vine's coming two. back and there's gonna be Vine yeah. two is coming out it was yeah. coming out I don't know if it is or they not. they said they, they even said it's something like V two or V two point like they're trying to to hide the the name Vine but yeah I think so many great things came out of Vine um, that just it, it like unleashes a whole new generation of creators. Like we see the the most popular YouTubers right, right. now are Viners um, yeah. that just figured out the the essence of collaborations, of of working together, of building communities and audience, and 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 also the fast pace of don't get boring, don't get boring, don't get boring. Right. But I think what's been really fun for me as a creative exercise has been um, this kind of this idea it sounds ridiculous but of like pretending things just like pretending that it's a thing like i recently and this is very random but i recently i don't even know how i got started listening to it to the uh steve harvey morning show and i kind of have been doing this project which i guess is now no longer a secret but it was a secret project i'm just like kind of 
making a new like logo and making like visual stuff to go along with it and just kind of having fun and using my like little kid imagination and you know fuck it i'll send it to them if they use it they use it and that'd be really cool that'd be so ridiculous for like i did the steve harvey morning show that's so crazy right like but it's kind of fun to just pretend like what would happen if like you know if they called me and said, hey, do this thing. Because if you do it for like a big company, it probably won't work. But people listen to podcasts and shows and YouTube channels and whatever your craft is, it's a value to someone um, and kind of just like pretending. I know that sounds crazy, but do, have you ever had anything like that? Have you ever like made something for someone? <laughs> yes, I, I see that a lot for, for people doing uh, brand identity and stuff like that because for me, um, Instagram is is becoming that platform where it's my uh, creative outputs. Right. So whenever I work for clients, my goal is I do what the client asked me to. Right. And whenever they want my opinion, I'll give it to them. But other than that, they didn't. They don't pay me for my opinion. They don't pay me for my self fulfillment. Right. So I have I have this struggle where a lot of creatives are usually in this thing where like, oh, I want to design for Adidas or for this company, but right. all my clients, they don't let me um, like do what I want. And I'm like, well, you don't get paid to do what you want. They pay you for, for them to get what they want. Right. Yeah. So, and, and you'll make your clients happy and you'll be more happy if, if you create for them instead of for you. Like yeah. your tool, be a great tool, not a, a tool that always asks to be like, no, I don't want to be used this way. That's right. the first tool that you'll get rid of. Yes. And, yeah. and, 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 but, but what I love, and that's where I feel like a lot of people, like earlier days, it's always your portfolio was always about the work that you've made for other companies. And that's what you put in photography, wedding photography, especially. You cannot really create wedding pictures unless you like do a fake shoot of a wedding. But other than that, you usually have no control over location over the timing of their photo shoot. And so I was usually stuck with with shooting people um, in the midday sun with like bad shadows yeah. and location I wasn't really keen uh, about. You couldn't choose your couples and all that. Right. But at the same time, when I, I was so focused on my portfolio and how it would look on my website that I forgot about the couple. Right. And, and as soon as I turned that around, I'm like, you know what? It's not about me. Let's just... Stop focusing about me and start focusing uh, for for the client, like how they want it. Like, yeah, it's their thing. It's I'm going to make it the most amazing because they're not going to be looking at my photos and thinking like, oh, we wish we had a better location. Like they choose the location. Right. So working the best for them and just making them feel comfortable, making them feel loved, making them feel special on that on their special day. Right was my focus and and I had the most happiest clients that I've had and you would see that on the pictures and yeah. and couples who looked down on, on my website they were just like in love with the photos and they usually got a good recommendation from from the couples that I already shot yeah so so I this led to to me for 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 seeing that on my Instagram page that I want to do just the work that I love to do so right. I'll I rarely will put stuff up from from work that I've done unless I'm I feel like oh this is just amazing or I want to share that with my audience right uh, because some people let me work exactly what I want to do and then I feel like oh this is perfect I can put that in yeah. and I don't want to they're the client that they're like 
that I didn't like it. I, I liked the job. I tried to do my best work that I can, right. but in the end, it's it's about them. It's not about me. Yeah. And and so I get now a lot of clients just because they see what I've done and they're like, hey, we love this, this, and this from your portfolio, from your Instagram. Yeah. Could you do us something similar? And you're like, oh, of course. It's going to be similar. It's going to be that way. And, and that helps them. Yeah. So when you create... Um, so create brand, the work you yeah, love and then get the work you love. Exactly. And then the line becomes like indistinguishable. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Exactly. So, so, so when you like create... a cog in a, a wheel. That's why. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, so, I've always kind of felt like I had to adhere to these guidelines and that was my work. Yeah. But now like my portfolio, I, I want it almost to be nothing to do with, you know, cause it's cool to do corporate work and to do like big, especially like a company like Hershey. It's like, it's, you know, it's like a, a, a great privilege to do that. But I now going forward, I think that I want to make my work look exactly like a, just like you said about like the bride thing. And I'm starting, I do that more of my photography work than I do my design work. But I, I want my work to be a direct reflection of me, of like from like nothing to something, as opposed to like, this is what I can do working in parameters. And that's good to show on like a job interview. But if you really want to get a certain kind of work, yeah, that's awesome. I love that, that wedding thing because it kind of puts it in perspective. It's like once you start doing it for, for you and for those and to make people happy, but it's your work. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I love that. And you, you build those relationships that, like, that last, that won't just like go away. Like those clients, yeah. Like in the end, big agencies, big companies, they they usually have the budget and the money to work with whoever they want, and and so instead they don't usually just look for the best. They also look for to work with the people they Who love. The, yeah, the least friction kind of thing. And and so if if you want to build a a great business. I, I feel like the the number one thing you should should take care of and and I I should take like I should listen more to my own advice. Uh, <laughs> Same here, man. Same but, here. But it's, but it's it's really the longer you do that, the more money you make. You really want to make sure that you do that with the people you love and you feel like oh this is amazing and and so making sure that you give equally as much as they're giving back. Yeah, in return, your clients will will start trusting you more. Will like just like yeah. Oh yeah, you decide. If you're happy with that, we're happy. Right. And and like they they won't go over it again and again. And like picking details and like like if if you're talking about blue and red, they're like yeah, you choose. Uh, we right. We sh- you, you like you understand us. We understand you. Yeah. Uh, we know you try our best, and and you suddenly get more freedom with whatever you do. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, where can people find you? The grids, the classes, the brushes. This is shameless self-promotion time. So my Instagram handle is Stefan Kunz. So S-T-E-F-A-N-K-U-N-Z. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's my main account. It's the number one priority that I have on, on creating and putting output into. I'm trying to come up with the idea of either jumping over to YouTube and doing that full time and letting like commissions and everything else on the side just focusing on youtube otherwise you won't be able to grow that but all as well on youtube and what else facebook
Thanks for checking out this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you add me on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY, and let me know your thoughts. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes. All right. Have a wonderful day. Peace.